That's all I'm going to say. There is so much about our new spokes candy that people can relate to and appreciate. I know that's why I eat M&Ms, because I feel like I can relate to the brown M&M. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the intersection of faith, family, and filmmaking. You're listening to Fearless with Mark and Amber, a behind-the-scenes of our filmmaking ministry, Fearless Features, where we are creating documentary films about the issues impacting our culture and society from a biblical perspective. I'm Amber Archer, co-host of the show, and joining me is my husband, Mark Archer. DJ Mixmaster Mark on the microphone. I got two turntables and a microphone. And his buttons. And my programmable buttons. (laughs) All right, you guys. So... We have some fun and exciting things to talk about today on today's show. And but I just want to mention a few announcements uh, real quickly. So for the month of October, we are streaming the Mind Polluters free in the Spanish version. Yay! We had so many requests and so many people have generously helped to get that done. And so with especially with our elections coming up ever so quickly, we want to make sure that everyone is informed as to what's going on in the public schools and and your public libraries, as a matter of fact. Mm-hmm. But especially the Spanish-speaking community. Yes. Um, there's been a large outpouring of support and need for this film. And so now it is finally available. You can see the link to that in the show notes. Be sure to share far and wide. Mm-hmm. Um, also, Los contaminadores mentales. Right. <laughs> you get and, to hear my Buzz Lightyear yeah. voice. And also, we will be airing the Mind Polluters for free on our website, um, October 19th through the 22nd. And you'll see more of that on social media. If you're on social media, you can follow us, uh, the Mind Polluters. And... Also, one more thing. Mm-hmm. All these links are going to be in the show notes. Okay. Uh, one more thing. Also, you can text the word war room to 80888 and get on the list for it's very exciting. Yes. Wait for it. Waiting for it. <laughs> the release of dysphoria. Today is best day ever. <laughs> okay, so tickets are not on sale yet. We had there's so much going on behind the scenes that I can't wait to share more with you guys. But if you would like to be one of the first people to know about um, when we are releasing our new documentary film, Dysphoria, which we are very excited to be wrapping up interviews this month so that we can start the uh, base cut. Um, but other than that, June 8th and 9th mm-hmm. in the Houston, Texas area, 2023 will be the release of Dysphoria. And we are encouraging, we're going to be having a conference. So we want as many organizations across the country who would like to become a screening partner to join us there in the Texas area so that they can take dysphoria back to their communities and host their own screenings and use it for a fundraiser for their organization. Catch me outside. How about that? (laughs) So, you know, because of the censorship, I mean, we have really had to go outside and think outside the box on on a lot of things. And you, you and I know, of course, you know, we've been banned on Amazon, banned on Vimeo and just get shut down on social media. Shadow banned everywhere else. (laughs) Ashley. It's awful. But, but, but the great thing is word of mouth has been uh, phenomenal for the mind polluters. And now um, with dysphoria coming out, it's going to be a a great educational tool, just like the mind polluters, what the mind polluters is to social emotional learning and the comprehensive sex ed and the graphic uh, library books is what dysphoria is going to be to the transgender movement. Yes. And then some. (laughs) (laughs) I can tell you that it's going to be offensive to the left. Yeah. So with that. It's very full of truth. War room 
to 80888 so you can sign up to be Whoa. one of the first to know. Yeah. It's our, our Fearless Features inaugural summit, and I am pumped. Mm, yeah. <laughs> anyway, so <clears throat> what do you have today? So we, uh, we did get uh, some interesting press lately i got one of them here uh, yeah this is good press okay okay i'm, I'm never press. really sure we mentioned this i think a few <laughs> weeks ago but someone from turning point usa at tp usa faith at their faith conference out in i think it was in san diego there it was their pastor's conference in california yeah yeah and uh, we we got <laughs> we're sitting uh, working and I get a message from somebody and he said, Hey, they're talking about the mind polluters from stage. Yeah. And we went, okay, who is this? You know, and usually we're going, Oh, what are they saying? <laughs> and, but this is actually good. And so I got a snippet of it here. I wanted to share it with everybody. You ready? Yeah. Okay. It is very tragic. And this is how I summarize in just a few words, what's taking place in the government schools. Our kids are being taught to hate God hate their country, and hate themselves. That's how I summarize what's, what's happening. They're being sexually groomed. They're being emotionally abused. And as Charlie and I were talking about this uh, last month as I've stepped into this role to lead Turning Point Academy, uh, we, we agreed on the word, and I think many of you will too, it's nothing short of demonic of what's taking place in the government schools. It's demonic. There's no other way to explain it. Um, if you think that uh, I'm overstating the situation, I, I just want to commend to you a, a couple of documentaries that have recently come out. Uh, one is called Mind Polluters. I don't know if any of you have seen that uh, movie, but uh, in uh, Illinois, uh, the Illinois Family Institute was uh, showing that throughout the state. It is a powerful documentary of what's taking place in the public schools across our country. And it goes back to uh, Kinsey uh, at University of Indiana, who made the study of sexology or sex studies an official discipline and how that began the intentional uh, indoctrination of the sexualization of our students. But it's so well done. It's not sensational, but it's graphic. And it actually shows the curriculum that's taking place in the public schools. And so you wouldn't want to show it to your children. But the ironic thing is, is that's exactly what our children are being exposed to. So I, I commend that to you if you're interested in uh, seeing uh, more, learning more. Isn't that interesting how he points out you don't want to show it to your children? Yeah. But it is what's being shown to your children. Yeah. It's the same excuse we've gotten from a lot of the churches. Well, we can't. What was the, the one guy that oh, said, we yeah. can't show that smut in our church? Yeah, we got that. We got that through one of our screening partners. Right. He can't says. show us that. Well, it, it, I guess. Okay. I have to give him. Their due credit, it does contain smut. Yeah. However, the smut is pulled directly from the public school yeah. curriculum and the public libraries. So, I, you know, bury your head in the sand. I don't care. You're going to answer to somebody else for it, not not me. Yeah. But uh, kind of on that note, saw so this one came about. And I don't even know fun where I got this. Fun fact for you. This is from somebody... Somebody sent this to me. Anyway, it's so I don't have a link for the show notes, but this is this is Diane Albers Scribble Book Series promotion launches at Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A is partnering with Diane Albert to include five best-selling titles from her Scribble Book Series for the 2022 Kids Meal Book promotion. Albert is a prolific picture book author and illustrator whose titles regularly regularly top Amazon's best-selling lists, her slate of over 50 children's books address, wait for it, 
social emotional learning topics. Oh, yeah. And are on track to sell 3 million units in 2022. Well, it was so interesting. And on that note with social emotional learning, because we show that in the mind polluters. And let me just read you uh, a, a an email that we got from someone. Um, Dear Mark and Amber, thank you so much for creating the mind polluters. I was referred to your movie through an article about your film, and I was initially intrigued. Now I'm halfway through the film and love it. It is scary how the porn and abortion industries are infiltrating public schools and making such a negative impact on children. Also, I used to be neutral on social and emotional learning. In college, I learned about SEL, social emotional learning, Mm -hmm. through my child education class. I thought nothing of it, believing it was another way for children to not just learn about academic studies. That was until I saw your movie and you showed some of the materials I used to learn about in that class. And she goes on, you know, there was more to her um, email, but I just I find it so interesting. We get more and more of these you know, comments and emails and people just reaching out and sharing their own testimonies Mm. about, wow, I didn't understand. And that's the thing. That's what's been so awesome is to watch the Lord work and help people to see, especially those of us with a biblical worldview, Mm -hmm. to see the harmful effects of this conditioning of the mind. Yeah. You know? Well, and it's interesting, too, to hear from someone who is talking about how this is what she was taught in higher education. And this is something that Diane... Talk about it all the time. Diane Douglas talks about this in the film just briefly, that this is what's disseminated to the students who are coming through the universities to get their teaching degrees Mm -hmm. so that they can go and teach in the public schools. And so they are just being mind-conditioned, if you will, to that this is how we teach these things now. And I've, I've found it many, many, many times, even talking to teachers in a private school setting, that they, they just don't know what they don't know. So they have been taught in their higher education settings that these things are just, these are how we teach now. So they don't understand the damage that SEL really does and what its roots are. Which is why you find a lot of resistance to it because yeah. they, they they think that they know better and you're just one of those angry parents who needs to sit down and shut up. <laughs> you don't really know. We went to school for this, right? Mm-hmm. We have PhDs. So, and uh, on that note. Circle back, circle back. The M&M's candy uh, has gone woke. Did you know that? No. There's now a purple spokes candy. What? A purple M&M okay. pushing acceptance and inclusivity. <sighs> <clears throat> um, purple. Hold on. Where's my article here? Um, delivering acceptance and inclusivity through music, song, and the performative arts to a waiting world. M&M Mars is thrilled to debut the newest member of the M&M's cast of characters to the world. Jane Huang, global VP at Mars Wrigley, said in a statement Thursday to accompany the revelation. Don't mess with my candy. That's all I'm going to say. There is so much about our new spokes candy that people can relate to and appreciate. I know that's why I eat M&M's because I feel like I can relate to the brown M&M. Well, you know, what's really interesting is um, 
And I think we talked about this before, but there's going to be a portion in Dysphoria where we introduce people to where all of this woke corporate mm-hmm. agenda came from. So I am so excited to include that in the film for yes. people to see. Yes, people can relate and appreciate the uh, the purple spokes candy, including her willingness to embrace her true self. Why? Now, why are they using her pronouns? That just doesn't seem right for a what's obviously a non-binary spokes candy. Our new character reminds us to celebrate what makes us unique. Idiot. So <laughs> there you go. Candy has not remained safe. Your M&Ms are now woke. Um, on the left-leaning side of the world, the California legislature. I've uh, got a couple of, couple of rockets from California today. Hey, you know, I, I used to not care. I I really used to not care what California was doing. And I think it was really the time that we sat down with um, David Jeremiah Mm -hmm. when he came back to Fort Wayne for a time and we were able to interview him. And one of the things that he said was what happens in California doesn't stay in California. Mm -hmm. I should have said Pastor David Jeremiah. Dr. David Jeremiah. Dr. David Jeremiah. Uh, At Shadowland? No. Shadow Mountain Community Church. There there you go. San Diego. Yeah. Anyway, I think it was it was just a fascinating interview and just just and we've actually had him on the podcast. I'll leave a link back to it so you mm-hmm. guys can listen to our interview with him. It was a great, especially because he talked about education mm-hmm. and how important it is to uh, really guide your children and protect them during their growing up years. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, but now we have to care about California and what they're doing because it really doesn't stay in California. Right. No, never does. So in California has just so we've got two different stories here. I'm going to start one with a news report out of California. And you're just going to have to just going to have to choke back back the vomit as you listen to this news report. OK, and gonna, this is real. This is happening this is today. This is straight out of California. Just going to play this and then we'll talk. New at six night, new legislation now headed to Governor Newsom's desk that would make California a refuge for transgender youth from conservative states. News Channel 3's Jake Ingrassia spoke to a co-sponsor of the bill and is live in studio now with more from local LGBTQ organizations. Jake. And John, this comes amid a flurry of laws in other states around the country that would restrict access to transgender health care or even criminalize kids and their parents for seeking it. This is a bill about saving lives. Jacob Rostovsky, CEO of Palm Springs-based nonprofit QueerWorks, says SB 107 is groundbreaking legislation. It's the new Refuge for Trans Kids bill that would protect out-of-state transgender youth from being prosecuted in their home state for seeking gender-affirming care. My son started his transition when he was 11 years old over a decade ago. Kathy Molig says she understands what it's like to be a parent without access to medical treatments for her son. Her San Diego-based organization, Trans Family Support Services, has now served 3,000 trans people and their families and is a co-sponsor of SB 107. For our families that live out of state, they are looking for places that they can come. And this bill will allow parents to make a choice of coming to California for their care without having to be concerned about any kind of legal ramifications from their own state that has criminalized this care. 
States like Texas and more than a dozen others have taken measures to separate transgender children from their parents or threaten criminal prosecution for giving trans kids access to gender-affirming procedures or health care, a matter Molig says can be life or death. For our kids to be able to get access to care that helps them to align themselves with who they know themselves to be is suicide prevention. Opponents of the legislation worry that children could come to regret their decision to seek gender affirming care and should not be allowed to get treatments. The purpose of this bill isn't to help kids, you know, medically transition or to make bad choices. It's just to provide them a space to be able to live, to then make that decision. We want to be that safe place for other people that are in states that are attacking their rights and that California is going to help to stand up for those folks. And SB 107 passed the state assembly uh, assembly yesterday, 48 to 16 in a floor vote. Today, the bill was discussed in a Senate Judiciary Committee hearing. A vote is expected on the Senate floor in the days to come. And if it passes, the bill will then head to Governor Newsom's desk for a signature. Live in studio tonight, Jake Gracia, News Channel 3. That has actually been passed into law now, as I understand. That was SB 107 that they were talking about. Well, and, and how sad and heartbreakingly devastating, um, especially when we learned about the new, just the news last week mm-hmm. about Jeff Younger, mm-hmm. who's a father in Texas, who has been trying to protect his son from being, you know, chemically castrated and mutilated because his ex-wife, who the mother mm-hmm. of his two boys, is has been trying to transition his son. And we interviewed Jeff for dysphoria. So he's going to be his story will be in our new documentary film, Dysphoria. But just this past week, you know, the the courts, the judge in his case ruled against him, giving the wife all of the parental authority. And one of the things that she said, uh, James's mother already stated in court hearings that she wants to move to California where no court or law would stop her from mutilating James's body with sterilizing drugs and medically unnecessary surgeries that cut off healthy body parts. Yeah, so let me read a, <clears throat> a balancing article to the left-leaning liberal nonsense that you just heard on that news report. Yeah. So this is from the National Review by Caroline Downey. On Thursday, California Governor Gavin Newsom signed legislation that would facilitate child gender transition tourism from other states. Uh It's the best way I've heard it described. The bill spearheaded by Democrat State Senator Scott Weiner aims to make California a sanctuary state for out-of-state children to receive so-called gender-affirming surgery and hormone therapy without the knowledge or consent of their parents. We've heard this before. Uh Uh-huh. The bill includes a number of provisions designed to insulate residents of red states that have banned child gender transition from prosecution. Coming in the new year, you are going to see epic battles happening in the legislatures. Yes. It prohibits California courts and lawyers from enforcing subpoenas imposed by other states demanding that healthcare providers disclose when they perform such medical procedures on minors. Weiner has been behind multiple lawmaking efforts in the state to undermine parental rights. In January, he pitched a bill that would allow minors to be vaccinated without parental permission. 
So essentially what California is doing is making themselves a sanctuary state again, uh-huh. right? The laws don't apply to us. We're, we're California. We can do what we want. Well, yeah. Just look at all their, you know, pro-abortion, you know, billboards that they're putting up all across the country. Well, I've got, I'll get to that too in a second, but okay. I, wanna, I have the copy here and I'm going to leave the, a link for everybody in the show notes to read SB 107. It's about 20 pages long. Let me just read a segment from it. This bill would prohibit a provider of health care, a health care service plan, or a contractor from releasing medical information related to a person, person or entity allowing a child to receive gender-affirming health care or gender-affirming mental health care in response to a criminal or civil action. <laughs> in other words, a sanctuary state. Um including a foreign subpoena based on another state's law that authorizes a person to bring a civil or criminal action against a person or entity that allows a child to receive gender-affirming health care or gender-affirming mental care. The bill additionally would prohibit law enforcement agencies from knowingly making or participating in the arrest or extradition of an individual pursuant to an out-of-state arrest warrant based on another state's law against providing, receiving, or allowing a child to receive gender-affirming health care or gender-affirming mental health care in this state as specified. So how do you deal with it? So we are talking about California as a state sanctioning as a state legislature intentional kidnapping of children to take across state lines for genital mutilation surgery, chemical castration, doesn't matter what the home state, which has jurisdiction, doesn't matter what the home state says. Once they're in California, California state law now says you're safe here. Mm-hmm. And we refuse to adhere, enforce, <laughs> adhere to your subpoenas. <clears throat> and so. Oh, yeah. I was just looking it up. It um, was approved by the governor September 29th, 2022. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So on that same note, then Gavin Newsom about two weeks ago announced that he had started putting up billboards in red states Uh advertising for people to come to California to get their abortions. Mm -hmm. And, uh, in fact, Indiana was one of the states that was targeted because he doesn't like how we do things in Indiana. He doesn't like how we protect life. And so John MacArthur um, took a stand. And I I praise the Lord for people like John MacArthur. I have a copy of his open letter to Governor Gavin Newsom uh, that we'll post on the uh, show notes. But I wanted to play the audio from John MacArthur's sermon where he talks about this. So let's just give this a listen here. This is a couple minutes long. So we're watching a culture that is under divine judgment. And you can think about that in terms of a culture, or you can realize that the people who defy God in the culture are under divine judgment. It's very personal. And it struck me this week in a way that it hadn't in the past. Governor Gavin Newsom, who has decided that he is going to lead the nation in providing the slaughter of the children that God creates in the womb, has postured himself as if he were Herod. 
And I am deeply concerned for the jeopardy of his eternal soul. I have talked to him in the past, and I know he was raised in the Roman Catholic Church. But a line was crossed this week that really, really gripped my heart. He began putting up billboards all across America, advertising the website in California that you can connect to if you want to have an abortion. And on all those billboards, he included the words of Jesus, billboards advertising abortion. This is what he put on those billboards. Jesus said in Mark 12, 31, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. He had the terrifying audacity to use the words of Jesus to support the slaughter of the ones that he creates in the womb. The jeopardy of his soul is evident. I say this because my heart is grieved that Christ should be so dishonored. Billboards across the country with the words of Jesus trying to support abortion. Terrifying. My concern is about his eternal soul. Because he will meet his maker. And there's a passage in Psalm 50. Listen to it. Verse 16, but to the wicked, God says, what right have you to tell of my statutes and take my covenant in your mouth? What a statement. Let me read it again. But to the wicked, God says, what right have you to tell of my statutes and take my covenant in your mouth? You cast my words behind you. And then God says in Psalm 50, now consider this. I will tear you in pieces and there will be none to deliver you. The, the jeopardy is clear. But there's a closing verse in that psalm. He who offers a sacrifice of thanksgiving honors me. And to him who orders his way aright, I shall show the salvation of God. That psalm ends with mercy. Mercy and the offer of salvation. And as the church of Jesus Christ, with compassion, we want the governor and all who follow him and all who reject the Lord to know that no matter what they have done, he offers salvation. He offers salvation. I think with a new kind of resolve, I want to ask you to begin to pray for the salvation of the governor and the people around him 
we can't do anything else. There's no political solutions to anything. But we can cry out to the Lord to be merciful because we care. This is why the church is in the world. And that he would understand what he has done, that he would turn from sin. He would repent along with those who accommodate that, follow that, and cry out for mercy from God who will grant it through Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. How many pastors do you think will follow that kind of an example? You know, we talk, we've, we're going to talk about this a lot in dysphoria is mm -hmm. the role of the church in the public square and why pastors a lot of times are, are hesitant. Some of them are just outright cowards. They, they, they don't want to get involved. This is, it's what he said. This is the point of the church. Yeah. The church should feel every bold instinct to to call out public leaders on these things a, an open letter to the governor telling him that he's wrong and he's facing and back it up biblically you mm -hmm. are facing the wrath of god and we're praying for you and i think that's right there that right there is i think what so many of us even myself included i i, I will put myself under that umbrella and say there are times that i forget to pray for our elected officials oh, yeah, and our leaders. To. It's hard to because especially when you see them being so wicked mm -hmm. is, but you know, we, we are called to, we are called to pray for pray them. For them. It, 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 I, I admit it is very difficult. It's very difficult to pray for people that are so, so openly wicked. When I saw the, the article about these billboards mm -hmm. and I sent it to several people and I said, I said, this is what, the face of demonic worship looks like. Mm -hmm. This is absolutely from the pits of hell. And if you're a pastor and you haven't recognized this, you need to, you need to check yourself. You need to get back in the word. This is a full on assault. This is not stop blaming it on COVID. All right. This is the Satan and his minions are in full on assault mode. And we as the church are not called to sit idly by and say, well, Jesus is going to come and get us. That's the way of the coward. And cowards are not spoken highly of in the in scriptures, scriptures no. ever, especially at the end. So if, especially if you are, have been put into church leadership, it is your responsibility. If you're not in church leadership, fine. You can write a letter. You can write a letter to your representative you can write a letter to your senator you can write a letter to your governor and tell them the same thing mm -hmm. satan and and his minions the, these left-wing ideologues they are terrified of strong godly men yeah they are terrified of strong godly women because they know deep down inside when you come at them and quote scripture they may mock but deep down inside their demon handlers know that what you're saying is true. Mm -hmm. And as scripture says in uh, Romans, you yes, are without excuse. They are without excuse. Mm -hmm. So this is what it means when we say, take a stand and people go, well, what can I do? What can I do? You can still petition. We, the people are Caesar. Mm -hmm. They work for us. 
Well, and we all have a job to do in, in the kingdom, in the kingdom building. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Lord has given us each uh, something to do, to use the gifts and talents that he's given us. And I thought it was interesting and fitting. There was a uh, quote that one of our pastor friends shared from Thomas Sowell. The beauty of doing nothing is that you can do it perfectly. Only when you do something, it is almost impossible to do it without mistakes. Therefore, people who are contributing nothing to society except their constant criticisms can feel both intellectually and morally superior. Mm-hmm. You know, do nothing. And of course, you're right. You're always right. And what we say all the time, you can't win playing defense. All right. You have to have a strong defense, but you have to play offense. You, you don't score. You don't score by playing defense. We are in a battle. And, you know, we've we were talking about this uh with one of our interviews last week, and he was talking about how they were teaching their their preschoolers how to sing the song "I'm in the Lord's Army." Yeah, we we talked about that a long time ago. You know, I may never march in the infantry, ride in the cavalry, shoot the artillery. I may never fly over the enemy, but I'm in the Lord's Army. Yes, sir. I remember learning that as a kid. Yeah, we understood that we were part of the Lord's Army. Mm-hmm. The Lord is a warrior. He says so over and over. He talks about being a warrior and that he commands us to be strong and courageous and, courageous <laughs> and stop hiding, stop hiding inside your church and in behind the pulpits, be strong, be a warrior. So yeah. don't be afraid to take a stand. Yeah. So with that, you guys, that is all the time we have today. Just remember, text the word War Room to 80888 to get on the list for the War Room Summit when Dysphoria is released next June. And also, we will leave a link in the show notes for the Spanish version of the Mind Polluters for you to share far and wide. Have a wonderfully blessed day. We will talk to you again next Tuesday. Tuesday.